I'm Matthew McCleary. And I'm Mitchell McCleary. And this is Movies While They Sleep. The podcast from two brothers who watch movies and sometimes TV shows and talk about them after their families have gone to bed. On this week's episode, we are not watching a movie, but we have watched a television program or whatever it is from this summer, Nathan Fielder's brand new The Rehearsal, streaming now on HBO Max. Or at least we rehearsed talking about it. We should have. It could have been a better episode. Ew! <laughs> no, it's going to be a great episode. Uh, we talk about the rehearsal, Nathan Fielder, his whole process, reality TV. We slip in some Big Brother in there because we are coming into the home stretch of a great Big Brother season. But we're talking the rehearsal today. So let's cut to our conversation already in progress. Let's jump in, sleepyheads. Or at least rehearse. Jump in. Okay. Do you know your first movie in theater? I have a memory of Aladdin, but I only would have been three, and that feels young. But I definitely remember The Lion King. I know mine wasn't Jurassic Park, but it feels like it was. There's no way either of us saw Jurassic Park in theaters. Uh, Maybe it came back around and they were like, I mean, who cares? I mean... (laughs) It was one of those Disney movies. And then I I have a memory, too, of... And, and can I tell you, can I tell you one of the absolute strangest movie theater memories I have? This was like, it was like a random Saturday and, and I was pretty young. Um, let me see. I can tell you exactly. So I was seven cause this was, this movie came out in 1996. Okay. So it was like a random Saturday and you, you would only been four years old. And mom wanted to go see a movie. And she said, let's go see a movie. And I said, you know what? I'm seven years old. Let's go. And she took me to see The Nutty Professor. <laughs> and where am I? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Just leave me out. Like, honestly, um... In retrospect, I have a lot of questions because I definitely saw The Nutty Professor in movie theaters in 1996 when I was seven years old and you were four. You're like, ah, yes. <laughs> He's playing all of them. <laughs> Quite a talent. Uh, and I'm just like, I, like that's a very strange. Like, uh, I mean, good for mom. You're leaning over. So he got a star on SNL, right? <laughs> I mean, like cool choice for mom taking her seven-year-old to see this i mean hey <laughs> you know she could have done worse <laughs> hold on i gotta tur- turn the ac off here i'll tell an anecdote in the meantime okay we go to a coffee shop and saturday morning 7 in the morning inside looking out <laughs> and i'm seeing this woman <laughs> And I'm a, I think the thing that she got from the coffee shop was maybe a cookie or a glass of milk. But okay. What she, the spread that she had set up on the outside chairs and table, it was a bowl of vanilla ice cream. This is at 7.30, in the morning. Ghirardelli's chocolate fudge syrup <laughs> bottle, which something about the, the look of that bottle design, they look like they've been sun damaged even when they haven't. Like you can <laughs> yes, only yes. picture them in the context of like a dumpster or, yeah. you know, yeah. in the middle of the ocean. Yeah. She has maraschino cherries. <laughs> <laughs> no. 
whipped cream. <laughs> it's a full Sunday bar just on those tiny rickety coffee table chairs oh and tables at eight in the morning. <laughs> that she brought all this stuff. And and it, for for some reason, I don't know. It was more disturbing than like. The houseless person, you know, shouting profanities <laughs> at us as they walk by. Oh my gosh, that's crazy! How interesting. Have you that ever somebody <laughs> brings their own a, a bottle of Maraschino cherries to a coffee shop? I'm not. I'm not against the idea. I mean, I am, of course. I mean, it's but seven can, in the morning. But like, have you ever seen anyone eat ice cream that early? Have you ever even seen that? <laughs> no, I, I, I can't, I can't Not, say that I have. You know, that's a societal thing, eating ice cream late in the day. But my God, woman. <laughs> but, you know, maybe it, w- it was a rehearsal of some sort. Well, I was just going to I was just gonna uh, say. A practice run for a date later. An ice cream date later. <laughs> she had to try it out. An ice cream Sunday picnic later in the day. Well, speaking of rehearsals, uh, we have an interesting episode today. Because we're not talking about a movie. Well. But it is a cinematic masterpiece, I would say. Truly. What is it? I'm not sure. I refuse to cede the fact that it's not a movie. We're talking, of course, about Nathan Fielder's (laughs) HBO program from this summer, The Rehearsal. This is a a big deal for longtime Nathan Fielder fans because he hasn't been in front of the camera on his own show since Nathan For You ended in, what was that, 2017, 2018? Ish. Somewhere around there. He's produced some other shows, How To With John Wilson. Did you watch How To With John Wilson? It's great, but there's no Nathan. And I need me my Nathan. (laughs) Yeah, it's really good. I I find that show to be... I I really like... I haven't watched it all. I watched about half of the first season or whatever, but it's really good. So, uh, we're talking about the rehearsal. This is on HBO. It's a documentary reality uh, it's kind of very hard to define um we'll talk about the premise in a couple of minutes but what's your background mitchell with nathan fielder because you love nathan i i think he's the singular most important comedic voice currently living really you'd go that far i'd go that far i mean what touches what this man has done with his career in terms of innovation entertainment interesting and genuinely funny. I mean, what's the last funny TV show other than a show that's not supposed to be funny, like Succession, that you mm, that you can think mm. of that's like, oh, a great new comedy came out? Yeah, I mean, and I don't, like, yes, I actually don't know. Exactly. <laughs> what was the last funny movie you've seen that was supposed to be funny? Fun, funny movie Yeah, comedy. Seen? Like, yeah. Uh, um, I don't watch funny movies. I, <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't know. I don't, uh, like uh, uh, I don't watch I, funny No, no, no. Okay. So, this is so funny. This is so funny. I just, I don't know. Uh, Do you know me? A, a Do you know my mine, brand? Uh, no, no, no. Like, uh, so a friend of mine, you know, okay. So we were watching Big Brother, and every season uh, on the reality competition show Big Brother, which, you know, we're talking about a reality show in the rehearsal, they will have a competition where there's the prize is whatever the game, you know, strategic prize is. 
But then also there's a bonus prize of they and a few other house guests will get a private screening of some Paramount Pictures film that is premiering this month of oh, September. They're always terrible. <laughs> and they use it as they're always terrible. Yeah. <laughs> You'd be like, I great. Think, no, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> they're always terrible. And they use it as obviously a promotion for this movie. And they like show the the house guests sitting in the bed watching the movie and like laughing so much. And then they all talk Hitch. about how great it is. Yeah. <laughs> and this uh, this year the movie is Bros, which is the Billy Eichner romantic comedy coming out in September. And in the yard, in the backyard where they do the competition, they transformed it into this big movie theater like thing. And on the walls were all these giant movie posters for things like Knocked Up and Forget a, Forgetting Sarah Marshall, The 40-Year-Old Virgin. And one of the contestants, one of the house guests, looked at all the movie posters and she exclaimed, Oh my gosh, these are just, the, look at, these are all the best movies of all time. <laughs> As the camera is like zoomed in on the Knocked Up poster. I'm like, these? These are... <laughs> You realize these are just three Judd Apatow movies. <laughs> that's, that's right. Who? It, it was literally just a bunch you know, of Judd Apatow. He's definitely uh, a a comedy guy. Oh my gosh! I I um yeah. I mean, we we talk about this. We, we talk about this so often, oh, right? Like the, the, the three most important movies in American cinema. Got it. Thank you, Big Brother. I didn't realize we they were cinephiles. You know, lamenting the kind of the the, the that mid budget you know movie for grown ups that is just so hard to come by now. Right. And and I think that's I think that's also true of like comedies. Um, I just don't. I don't know. I I may I've never been as I. There aren't a lot of like movie comedies that I think are right. You're saying even even in its ten, even 10 it's heyday, fifteen years right? ago, you're still yeah. not like. Anxiously awaiting, like yeah. the new Judd Apatow movie. No, no. I mean, I mean, there was a time where like Will Ferrell was, you know, just the most important thing. Right, right. There's a new Will Ferrell movie. Whatever, we're gonna go see it. Um, Anchorman, and I like those movies. Right, moment. yeah, yeah. And and I had a friend. Of, I have a friend of mine who is, you know, probably almost ten years younger than me. He's a listener. He logged on Letterbox that he watched Anchorman, and it was kind of like, uh, I don't really get it. And I, uh, my comment to him was, "Well, you should have been 15 in 2004 because this was everything, hey, right? Like, be born earlier." <laughs> but there, I mean, there's something there's something true about that, sure, sure, you know. But also, like, but I also, I, I definitely there's there's comedies of the era that I don't feel nostalgic for, or I look back and I'm like, ugh. It's right. It's like all the Jim Carrey stuff is just like, oh, that's not funny. Like so, um, yeah, and and I think uh, sitcoms, you know, sitcoms have really been for me where like uh, the comedy that I'm interested in. Sure, sure, but but even that, I mean, there hasn't been a sitcom that's been new that's premiered in okay, the last ten years okay. that I've been interested in. Sure, but my question is, I mean, we're here talking about the rehearsal and yeah. and you know, breaking our premise for this show. And at the same time, She-Hulk has come out. Oh my god! This past week, and, we, and we're not video? and we're not talking about She-Hulk. Have you seen the video? I find that interesting. Have, have you seen the video? What, do you know what video I'm talking no, about? No, I don't know what video you're talking about. There's a clip because um, She-Hulk, 
has a uh, has a, uh, a cameo um, of Megan Thee Stallion. I think she's playing herself. <laughs> you mean the twerking video? <laughs> <laughs> yes, the twerking video. Yeah, <laughs> in which in which She Hulk twerks yeah. alongside Megan Thee Stallion. Yeah, I fi- in I, episode. I find it interesting. We are claiming that comedy in television and movies are dead oh, and yet oh i see i see i see and yet she hulk attorney at law is currently airing and what are we doing it is setting the new standard frankly yeah of course i'm sure i'm sure um incredible incredible it's the hulk but it's a she <laughs> it's, it's, <okay>. it's, <laughs> that's my impression of the elevator pitch for that show and i like to think that the person pitching it didn't know that that was a character in the comics (laughs) (laughs) oh that's great so um yeah all that to say yeah yeah what did what that that's an interesting question of you know we watch uh best in show which we recommended on this pod yeah or spinal tap same director that's a little not fair or like an like airplane of some comedy movies that are still pretty, pretty rock solid. Make you laugh movies, right? Mm-hmm. So, w- what mm-hmm. is this distinguishing X factor of comedy for movies and television? I mean, mostly television. You were getting on about sitcoms, obviously the Seinfelds for me, for us the Frasier. What's the th- yeah, just, what's the through line for what make what makes comedy? You know, not f- fall victim to the time. Yeah, it's interesting because I do feel in a lot of ways. And, and and I I have a hard time distinguishing you know is it is it my own age right is it just like oh I'm used to this thing so Seinfeld feels timeless to me and and I would say Seinfeld's a really interesting example because they were never afraid to talk and reference pop culture but right. not in a way that I think is then takes away from it you know looking back where I think I think there's gonna be there's gonna be some of the uh, some Marvel stuff that's like oh. That's not going to play in ten years, right? Right. Um, more in the more of slash in the moment, but stuff mm-hmm. like Seinfeld, Curb, you know, some movies I just mentioned. The writing mm-hmm. is so rock solid. Well, I mean, I think I mean this is a movie I've mentioned, recommended on this podcast. His Girl Friday, I think, is right. One of the, good, the funniest movies I've watched. Good writing, you, you can't, uh, yeah, you can't age with the times yeah but here's the thing yeah. about the rehearsal and nathan fielder you know zoomed out you know nathan for you yeah. that i'm so yeah. drawn to is obviously the lack of writing like it's yeah. more of a reality show that maybe maybe okay uh, i mean he's probably rehearsed it but but <laughs> he certainly rehearsed the it. big thing i take away from nathan fielder <laughs> is the lunacy of what what is happening in the world right now and yeah. the only way to respond is to let it play out. Yes. Like, uh, he has this incredibly incisive instinct of where to put the camera. Right. And, and and he's so good because he never tells you what's funny. This is what I love. Uh, and this is, so so Megan and I, we just rewatched all, for her first time, for me about half the episodes for the first time. We, we watched all the four seasons of Nathan For You. Which are streaming on HBO Max. Yes. And, and I was, and the, our biggest takeaway over and over and over again is what an astonishing performance Nathan gives in the face of absolute crazy (laughs) behavior. He, he, I, I can't tell if it's just an anointing from God that these people (laughs) are dropped into his lap. Oh yeah. Or, or, Or like, like. 
I watch Nathan for you slash rehearsal, and it gives me like if I was an alien and that was my first you know uh, interaction with human culture, I'd be like, oh, mm-hmm. you know, the average human is is just off the rocker, so so unaware, so cartoonish, you know. And there's there's mm-hmm. a, f- a rare few who just let that play out, but it's mm-hmm. like in your everyday life. You know, I mean, maybe you do, but you don't. I feel like I don't meet or interact with people that are like this. Yeah. Yes. So it's like, how do now, how do these people do, now, show up? Now, this is what I would suggest: is this often comes up in Nathan for you, and it comes up in the rehearsal. He often seems to find people through Craigslist ads, and I'm going to be honest. <laughs> uh, I think the kinds of right. people that are responding to these nondescript Craigslist ads may That's be it. of a certain ilk. Yes. Um, Craigslist and, is the is the common denominator. <laughs> yes, yeah. but 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 I find it so fascinating because he, you know, especially in Nathan for you, he sets up these kind of very fanciful situations and circumstances. But that's often not where the comedy comes from. The comedy comes even from even though him. it's great. Even though it's great. Even though what he's doing is funny or clever. You know, to me, the the absolutely one of the hardest. I laughed and, and all of them. It's, it's kind of a minor episode of Nathan for you in which he's trying to help a um, exterminator break into the hotel business, um, exterminating bed bugs. But, um, you know, the problem, every episode has a problem in the industry. The problem is that hotel guests are going to be put off by seeing an exterminator. No hotel wants to hire one. Right. Because, and so the whole thing is that we're going to actually dress the exterminator up as something else. Right. And they Concierge. can go in and do their stuff, yeah. And at one point, he has to dispose of an old mattress with bed bugs. And so, in order to do so, the exterminator and his crew uh, uh, bring in a giant, like, traditional Chinese dancing dragon. <laughs> right. And they smuggle the mattress in as they dance through the lobby of the hotel. Okay, the idea is stupid, right? And I'm like, rolled my eyes when Nathan spells it out. Right. And then you watch it, and it's the funniest His thing I've commitment ever seen in my life. It. His commitment, and then everyone just standing there watching, like, what's happening, is... It's astonishing. Right. And and sometimes and sometimes Nathan comes up with, the, with these ideas and the people, the business owners, they say no thank you. And but now exactly. that's, that's well. the rarer case. <laughs> Um, but m- the thing is that these people say yes to him. They say yes, let's try this insane thing. Uh, the power of a camera crew and how it legitimizes any absurd suggestion. Yeah. It, and, and that's the joke in every single episode of Nathan for You. It begins with, my name is Nathan Fielder, and I got good grades at business school, and, which is such a dumb credential. Right. Like, that's so he's meaningless. He's not qualified at all. He's not qualified at all. But he brings in a camera crew and says he's doing like business consulting. <laughs> it's crazy. Like, and, and then the fact that a number of these people, like the ghost realtor, <laughs> the realtor who is going to bring in... <laughs> Her guarantee is that the houses she sells don't have any ghosts in them. She'll, she she'll used hire a priest to exercise demons yeah, from the house. Of course. <laughs> she used that moniker for years. She's crushing. She was it. trying. She was trying to 
she was trying to leverage that in her own business and and then went so far as to film a pilot for her own reality show because she, she wanted to do this and then the, of course the the bounty hunter that nathan uh, oh, uses actually actually did get his own reality show on the discovery <laughs> channel if i threw a football at you right now you think you'd catch it <laughs> no you couldn't look at you <laughs> I mean, it's 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 crazy. you're weird <laughs> and that's okay being a weirdo and i just and you know what i think i think you know there's so few people he, he, the bounty hunter's one of them and the other that nathan just doesn't know what to do with uh is the guy that cuts in line at the hot dog place and then doesn't go to his doctor you're do you bad that guy? i'm not <laughs> <laughs> So anyways, but we're talking about the rehearsal. The rehearsal is like this singularly unique thing. And where every episode of Nathan for You is like a different business and right. you know, a different small business and he's coming up with these insane things. This is this is something entirely different. And I actually think it's so interesting to watch because it I think it probably changed over time of what it was going to be because the first episode is so different from the rest of the series. And I think in its original conception, it probably was closer to Nathan for you, and that every episode would follow a different rehearsal setup. Right, right. You like um, based off the first, you expect that's the series to run. So, like, okay, yeah, cool. We have our premise. This is great. And the first episode is great. The first episode, the premise of the rehearsal is that Nathan is going to help people rehearse um, in excruciating detail with an incredible amount of real, you know, true, authentic you know, reality to it. They're going to rehearse uh, something, maybe a difficult conversation that they've been avoiding or something in their life. That's a big, significant thing. A a real thing that they need to go experience. Uh, Yeah. A real thing. And so in the first episode, it's a guy who's on a pub trivia team. It's, (laughs) It's like, it's like such a silly thing, but it's like, means a lot to this guy. And, He's been lying to his team for a decade that he has a master's degree. His whole educational status has been a scam. (laughs) And he wants to confess, and he wants to rehearse having that conversation with the person he thinks who is going to be most upset about is this woman named Trish. And so Nathan spends all this money to meticulously recreate both um, uh, the outdoor exterior and interior of the of the bar from which, in which this man is going to have a conversation. Right. Right. And, and down to every last detail of furniture and decor and everything. A balloon. And then he's stuck in the vent. Yes. And then he hires actors to play other patrons at the bars uh, at the bar. He hires an actress to secretly covertly get time with this man's friend, Trish to study her so she can play Trish in the rehearsal. And I got to say, the woman deserves an Emmy because it's an extraordinary performance, right? And the whole thing then is that Core, who's the, the the man who wants to make this confession, he can rehearse this how and then you know nathan you know does this flow chart of this branching you know like choose your own adventure of how this is going to go for a conversation rehearse for a conversation rehearse any way any response anything you know let core practice some quips right. or, or different things that he wants to say different phrases Trish the dish. <laughs> and it is it's gonna get you buzzed up cr- 
<laughs> and it's kind of crazy, right? I mean, the, Nathan's commitment to the premise is pretty amazing. But what could... And if that were the show, that'd be, it'd amazing. be great. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. It's obviously not, and it goes down a different route. But yeah. my question is, core guy, mm-hmm. you see an ad on Craigslist, and now yeah. you're walking into your your apartment and your favorite bar completely recreated just so you can tell a friend that you don't have a master's degree yeah like how how do you process that as a average human being is like this makes sense this is normal or not normal but this Mm. is appropriate for a tv show and i'm not suspicious of this at all and also this is an appropriate way for me to deal with this exactly because this and this leads into our our next character here uh yes which leads us into Episode two's character, which turns into an overarching story of the show, mm-hmm. Angela. Mm-hmm. Angela responds, and this, and and I think part of what happened is the first episode was filmed pre-COVID, and then COVID really shifted what production on the show looked like, mm. and they, wow. they moved it. Um, See, I didn't realize that and, even. Yeah, I mean, because they're in that you know very public bar in New York. Right, right. I was I was actually episode. surprised yeah. at the how. That even was filmed, you know. Yeah, um, and then you you'll notice that starting in episode two, all the crew, Nathan's crew, is wearing masks and that kind of a thing, and and I don't know how much COVID was a decision making factor in terms of his committing to one overarching story because he does try to do a couple other rehearsals in this. Um, the gold digger. <laughs> the gold digger. I, it's I, there's a moment there. It's the hardest I've laughed at anything this year. But Angela wants to rehearse. She's she's a 40-something-year-old woman, early 40s. She's never been married, and she's, she, she wants to have kids. But she wants to rehearse the experience of having a child to see if it's something that she could handle. I mean, I think that's really how she's approaching it. Is right. this something I even want to do? Right. It's not like, oh, I want this and I want to rehearse it. Like, she wants to make a decision about her life based on this. Right. And so they come up with this extraordinarily meticulous rehearsal where they get this big, oh, and, and Nathan's whole thing. It's like, it's, it's Angela's dream house out in the country. And, and, and to your question of cores, you know, core or these people's, you know, kind of being able to step outside of themselves and look at this situation and think this is, this is normal, you know, right. And Angela commits to the rehearsal by saying like, this is my dream house and I want to run a homestay and be off the grid and i'm like you know you're not married and you live in a one-bedroom studio apartment because that's what you can afford right in like portland or something and what makes you think that like what i find so fascinating i mean i think this is and he, he's well okay so like it is a but what in our culture what in our culture tells it, it what in it is there something prevailing in our culture that says i'm entitled to this right because because Angela feels so entitled to this. The, the house and, is the most insanely beautiful, and the property oh yeah. too, most insanely yes. beautiful Pacific Northwest yeah. dream situation, right? Perfect. So not, not only the real estate, but the land, the chickens, yes. the farming. Yes. And, and the assumption of that knowledge too of how to run, yes. run that world yes. in combination with having kids and a husband. who's like your soulmate and the way you financially you know cover all this manage that is is from an etsy shop of just basically a freelance side gig thing 
that is yeah. oh, so yeah, yeah. that's what she runs. She, yeah. she her, it's her job. So it's successful. Like an Etsy shop. Yeah, that yeah. she's she's just living in a million dollar house doing that. There, there is this, and Nathan gives that to her, and she says, "Yes, yeah. this makes sense. Like yes. this is coming to it, me." You know? Yeah, I, yeah. You see the shot of her coming out of her studio apartment. And you're like, what? What, how, what delusion? And I, I'm, I, I mean, Angela gets kind of. I don't know how great she comes off looking right, through, right. through the show. Right. And so I don't want to say she's a delusional person, but I find it so fascinating the way that a television crew, like you said, brings so much legitimacy. And and I think that's part of it. I think it's the cameras and this guy Nathan bring a person into a state of saying, yeah, this is this is right. right. And maybe he cut it, but I don't think he did. I don't think there's a reaction from the people in the rehearsal saying, dude, this is kind of crazy, right? Crazy, yeah. elaborate for what I want. I, I would say that that would be inconsistent with what we see from Angela in terms of her kind of being really frustrated with Nathan later in the rehearsal. And we should that we should say, like, the way they even rehearse having kids are child yeah. actors who are only legally allowed to work for four hours just at a time. So there's multiple child actors and who are many who are aging, you know, three years per <laughs> per week or something. You know, it's insane. And so, yeah. you know, in the middle of the night a crew will come in and take the real child who it's too late for them to be working and they're, you know, one years old and replace them with a robot baby. That makes And then Nathan then Nathan hires this guy who promises that he can stay up all night to run the robot baby and then he keeps falling asleep. And he runs the robot baby which he lets it cry when he is watching a live stream of a real baby that <laughs> yes, when that yes, cries yes. to make it ultra realistic. So yeah. imagine I'm Angela and I hear what is going into this rehearsal. Yes. And I'm like, yep. Of course. Why wouldn't you do this? Yes. <laughs> like, like her demeanor throughout the entirety of the show is just like, as you were about to kind of speak to, her frustration with Nathan of like, how could you be frustrated frustrated about anything in this when it's just like, yeah, here is not only a vision of your dream self, but it it is like it's not a vision. It just is like you've become your dream self overnight. And Nathan even points this out. He expresses a concern at one point that he is afraid that Angela is not really trying to take care of and rehearse being a mom, but using this as a long vacation. The amount of spliced clips of her dancing while eating, like, chips and guac. <laughs> I know, I know. Is, is beautiful. It's poetry. <laughs> yeah, it, it is incredible. She's, like, doing TikTok dances in this thing. That he's, like, he's, like, laboring, trying to figure out how to make you know this crops yeah, the, the crops most, appear yeah, overnight it, so that she can yes. pick them even though you know it was a seed the night before and, <laughs> and she doesn't question it and i think i think and again i think one of the big central conversations around the show is what's real what's scripted what's you know organically happened who's an actor in the show right um and and there's actually a whole episode that kind of interrogates that the fielder um, method <laughs> The Fielder Method, in which Nathan goes to L.A. while Angela is still rehearsing, and he opens up an acting school and brings in actors. And there's just so... I mean, that's like... There's just layer and layer and layer. Like, though, that, like right? that's what I'm saying. When we were talking about how does he find these people, yeah. and it's like, this is a room full of actors who, the way they're speaking about what he's suggesting to them and yeah. comparing it to different acting philosophies and you know just yeah. really not questioning at all what they're experiencing. Oh yeah. Except for except for one actor. And and this is what this is why I think Nathan succeeds so much 
is there's one guy in the class that's like, man, it's kind of weird what you're asking us to do. And the whole method is basically stalk someone. Right, um, become them. So you become them so then you could be them in a rehearsal type situation. There's this one actor that's like, I'm not comfortable with this. And then that's the one actor that Nathan wants to key into, that and, Nathan chooses to pursue. And become. And become himself. <laughs> and then there's this sequence where they get all, they've gotten all of the actors, They have, HBO, according to Nathan, has arranged for all of the actors to work at the businesses that the people that they're stalking also work so they could experience that. And you're like, and, and I'm sitting there and I'm like, did they actually do that? Or did they pay this acai shop did they pay this acai shop a, a fee to use them for one day to film a couple of scenes footage, there right to get the footage right and that's the thing that i find so fascinating about the show is that nathan is constantly inviting that that mm -hmm. tension of what's real what's natural what's an actor what's what's not because then by the end of the episode that episode nathan is back in in oregon in the rehearsal with the kids and the kid is now 17 and is overdosed on drugs because that's what Nathan wanted to rehearse. And the EMTs that come to rescue him are actors from the Fielder Method studio. You're like, dude, my brain. And I don't know even why it's disturbing, you know, like why, why it's more disturbing than like a normal TV show where it's like, you know, yeah, weirdly, oh, yeah. weirdly, you know, produced and... Uh, staged, you know, stories here, but then he's yeah. doing the same thing, but in a more reality TV lens or like, or conduit the way he's delivering it to you. So it's like, it yeah. feels more disturbing and strange. That's what's amazing about it. It's it, it, for all I know, none of it is real at all. Right. Right. And right. it's all staged, but he's done it. He's, he's done like the office's mockumentary, but he said, we're going to do that with reality TV and I'm right. not going to tell anybody what is, what is what. Right. When the office, I mean, obviously you're consuming it as a sitcom and yeah. him, you're like, are yes. people this crazy? <laughs> yeah. Yes. I mean, it's, it's, it's absolutely brilliant. And, um, it's days like today that I curse the Chinese for inventing gunpowder. <laughs> That's a great line. Uh, the, the, like the numbers was, guy in episode the two. The numbers guy? He goes, oh yeah, oh Angela. yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, the guy that he wants to set Angela up. And he's just like a real guy. And and that's the thing. And then he has is, to be. Yeah, oh, yeah. And that's the thing I find really interesting because Angela and then Robin is that guy. They've both like shared videos of themselves being there. They've both taken interviews over the last month. Oh, yeah, like they're like dating outside of this, maybe. I, I don't know. But they've like posted videos in like the Nathan For You Facebook group. And they're like... Yeah, I'm really this person, and this is what I'm like. And it's just like, oh my gosh, this these are real people, and it's fascinating to watch. Uh, I was gonna say I was talking to uh, messaging with a friend about this. It was our our friend Tony, and he uh, made a joke on Twitter that the every 15 minutes uh, program in high school it, right. it must be the Nathan Fielder origin story. Right. Um, did you did your school do an every 15 minutes? Uh, probably. I, this is where there's like everyone gathers out on the bleachers and they're, they've simulated a car crash, staged a car crash, and then one student because a like drunk driving, the drunk driving, yeah. yeah, playing the drunk driver, and then he really, and then the kid who's in the crash like really gets like medevaced out with a helicopter. They bring in the whole police department to help. There's with this. blood everywhere. Yeah, and then and you know then it's 
and it's it, to drive home the point that drunk driving's bad. Yeah, Every yeah. fifteen minutes, someone. You know, and, and and our our friend made this funny observation that it in some ways it, it is kind of at the level of a Nathan Fielder rehearsal. And I said, you know, it's so funny to me because then over the course of those two days or whatever, the Grim Reaper would walk around campus and pull students out of class and then they would that go was home a for thing? the day. Yes, they would go home for the day because they had died. Every fifteen oh minutes gosh. a student was pulled out of class. And our friend, who was my best friend, he was one of the students that died <laughs> from the Grim Reaper. <laughs> and we're at the assembly the next day, and a mutual friend of ours is sitting next to me, and she was so concerned for my emotional state because my friend genuinely. had died. And I'm like, genuinely, and I'm like, I'm like, we're next to our neighbors. I hung out with him last Guess night. What? <laughs> it's He's fake. Not dead. See, that's you know? the thing. That's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> two different responses that's her response my response when they did it at my school and i'm seeing the stage actors i'm like how come they didn't ask me <laughs> first of all who put this on say well what uh, am i i can't you know lay on the ground with a gash in my head uh, uh, and get airlifted out of school for the i mean come on this is great <laughs> and so so she was really worried about my emotional state and and they were bringing all in all the kids who died in the assembly at the end of the second day. <laughs> Look at them! <laughs> and, I, and I was like, there he is. There She's like, are you are you okay? And I'm like, he's right there. <laughs> and 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 then you know he he sent this response of of uh, Tony, our friend. He sent this response of like a rehearsal. And I kind of said, I, I I really could have used a rehearsal to rehearse grieving your fake death. You know, an extra layer of meta there. How would you do that? And well, that's what Nathan does. Everything. I mean, he, yeah, he has rehearsals on rehearsals. How would you respond? Uh, yeah, yeah. How would you respond? And then, and and Tony said, "Oh yeah, you can imagine it, right? You're in Woodshop, and it's like an unca- uncanny valley version of our Woodshop teacher." And and I thought, "Oh, that's what it is. That's what Nathan Fielder does. That's why it's so like distressing. Like you talked about how like weird and upsetting it is because right. there's this uncanny feeling about reality and what he is able to produce. Right." That right, you know that that you know that expression that uncanny valley yeah. is the uh, especially in kind of computer generated effects, um, but especially in like computer rendered human mm-hmm. um, figures that that um, computers just can't quite you know it's like close enough to be disturbing. It's it's close enough that our brain literally. It knows what it's supposed to be, but it's not right, and that's we get that discomforting feeling. Yeah, it's it's like a um, marionette where you're like, dude, I see you yeah. sitting in the corner, you freak, get out of here. Yeah, 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 and that's what I think is so kind of distressing to watch the rehearsal because so much of it is this kind of uncanny valley. And as Nathan presses further and further and further, <laughs> you know, he's, I'm watching the episode I have on the TV, the episode now with the, the guy who wants to have a confrontation with his brother about their grandfather's inheritance. And Nathan realizes halfway through the episode that nobody is feeling the emotions of, of the that, rehearsal. of in the rehearsal, in the rehearsal. of what that uh, in the rehearsal of what that conversation would draw right. out. They're just doing the flowchart of possible things that could be said during yeah. the conversation. And so now what he wants to do is he wants to take this guy and manufacture a situation that the man believes is real but is actually staged in order for him Get to... Get more realistic rehearsals. Have, yeah. yes, have this realistic rehearsal. And it's like, okay, we're just going layers and layers here. And he does it to the point where he kills a man 
for that guy <laughs> that that guy bonded with. So that so with the guy who is practicing, who's in a rehearsal for a real conversation. This is like George and Seinfeld. Not the real Peterman, yeah. but <laughs> that he believes is stage, which in fact is not. And that particular one, the guy, for whatever reason, decides he wants to have this confrontation in a Raising Cane's restaurant, chicken restaurant. And instead of just leasing a restaurant, Nathan recreates one in a warehouse and fills it with actors oh who pantomime eating chicken. <laughs> that, when it cuts to Nathan, look at the old woman just going. <laughs> She's fake eating this chicken and fake dipping it into sauce that is not there. But the chicken is real. But she won't put it in her mouth. I cannot it's tell you how hard drink. I laughed. But the chicken is real. <laughs> but the sauce isn't. But it's a real canes based off of oh, the woman who's a who's a cashier. She's like entering stuff in. It's just like yeah, It is it is both the intention the attention to detail that is extraordinary in the way that it plays out. That is this uncanny valley feeling, and it's layers and layers and layers. And it's like I don't even know if it's funny half the time. You know, that, you know, by the end of that episode, he's worried that he hasn't done enough in her elaborate rehearsal to actually, you know, generate, you know, an emotional response because he sees that she's cutting a bell pepper that she grew in her garden that still has a sticker on it from the grocery <laughs> store, right? Like, and, and he makes this, like, it's a kind of a funny narration, but I think it's this interesting interrogation of what, not what is real or true, but, like, kind of the way that we even you know, go in our lives, right? right? Like, like the, I think there's something to be said here about the illusions that we create for ourselves in order to get through day-to-day life right. in our modern right. culture, right? Like, to, to put aside the thought of, like, you know, plastic waste, <laughs> right? <laughs> Another iced Americano cup going <laughs> in my trash can. Where it goes? Hey. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Uh, there's something doesn't matter of course not yeah you know there's something very i don't know we we as 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 humans and i think especially in our culture today there's the we need this distance um and 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 i think what i find interesting about the rehearsal is how easily people accept it because i can't imagine i mean i half jokingly said as we were watching the show yeah there are conversations that you know that would have been it would have been good to rehearse, right? I think about yeah. You, you, you I, that's the thing I wanted to ask you about because yeah. in a previous conversation when we talked about doing this episode, you you had said, and this is something that I don't relate to at all, but you had said like, oh yeah, there's I could imagine this. It'd be cool to be able to. Do, do you ever rehearse conversations how, in your head with people? I, I almost never do. Yeah, I do it, it all the it, time. Almost, it stresses me out more to just not like just go do it. Yeah, you know, sure. I I don't know. I'm part of it's a, definitely a personality thing for me, and and you and I have similar personalities, but I th- I think differ in this way, and and so for me, I I I don't know. I I just you know my current job, the pastor, you know, I'm a pastor at this church. I've been there since April, and I went through about an eight month interview process, and and it was really good, but like. If if somebody had offered me the chance to rehearse interviews, I would have been uh, right. Oh, eight, yeah, eight months 100%. of interviews is intense. Yeah. One of my interviews was going in to teach and lead a Bible study with a group that would be a kind of a primary group for me at the church. Oh my gosh, what fodder for Nathan! 
and 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 if somebody said, "Hey, if we hire a bunch of actors and you could practice this," boy, I don't know that I would. And say those no. actors, but those actors have studied. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah they've show. studied the people who are in the Milo study. I, I don't know that I would say no. There's a part of me that understands the appeal to it. See, I don't get the appeal at all. <laughs> I'm like only horrified by it. But I'm also somebody like part of my job is preaching. Um, right, right. You know, and so when I preach, and not everybody does this, you know, you preach for thirty minutes. I write out every word that I'm going to say. I manuscript my sermons. Whoa. And and when I'm up there, uh, I'm not eyes down on the iPad reading it word for word. Right, right. I'm I'm familiar enough with what I've written and going through it and editing it that I can you go off. I can go off, I can walk away from the iPad and, and still be you know on it enough and, and always have that as an anchor for me. That, that, that's really what it is. It, it's, it's this anchor. Uh, and, and I find what I, what I know about myself, it's been an area of, of learning for me and preaching, is that sometimes I'll, I'll come up with an idea in the middle of it and think, I, I really want, oh, oh, this is a good point that I, I don't think I put in my sermon. So I need to go off script right now and talk about it. And I'll tell you, when I, about half the time, if it's me doubting my prep, it's a mistake. Because then three paragraphs later, I found that I put it in there. <laughs> like, oh, I am pretty smart. And, and, and it's like, oh, I already had that in there. And now it's not going to make sense if I'm repeating myself, right? And... And it's, so, anyways, I but that's like that's my that's kind of my approach. The flowchart in your head is like wait, and I have to manuscript, and that my mind works in that way that I can kind of approach it that way. And there's some people who I know can't manuscript at all, and they have a loose outline, and they get up there, and that's great, and it works for them. But this is what works for me. Right. But but for me, it is this: I take this thing really seriously. And I take you know language and words re- really seriously, so I, I want right. to make sure that the, that I am saying it the way that I want it to be said. I'm sure the the camp in in audience is totally split. Oh yeah, like, would be so into that, but also like for me, I feel like I'm watching this show and I'm kind of just being reminded of how quickly life is going by mm. and how this isn't a rehearsal. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my! So that's why, like, even the thought of doing a rehearsal of like wasting oh, time, yeah. like to me, it's like wasting time. Yeah, you know? I get like, that. Just go, just go do the thing. Yeah, you know, You're like the levels of the levels of meta that he's establishing, and then asking people to, you know, play house in. It, it was almost starting to give me anxiety of like, I can't watch these people pretend to live a life that doesn't exist for them and that's my life that i'm choosing to do it because i still haven't done these things in my life that Mm. i need to go do or like or need to take steps towards or even like like angela like instead of taking any steps towards anything in what she actually wants in life whether it be the house the husband the kids yeah she's going to continue to pretend that it exists or that it will exist one day yeah. in a much more visceral way like yeah. it's very um oculus you know virtual reality oh, yeah. universals you know so but like that that is the temptation of life right now which is playing house with life of like yeah. i'm on instagram and i'm like visualizing my house one day or you know I mean, whatever things you think about projecting yourself in the future versus 
any step towards it yeah. today. So I think that's why, like, the idea of the rehearsal, I'm like, please, no, please stop. <laughs> like, Does I'm it, doing well, enough yeah, of that yeah. in my everyday life, you know? Does it make uh, you... Uh, of, like, not living it. <laughs> Does it make you nervous the way that it seems so easy for people on this show to move into yes rehearsal space and then i think about like the rise of like virtual reality metaverse yes <laughs> that that's a part of it why it's freaking me out yeah. too actually there's there's a a like severe contentment with this idea yeah that that for some reason really Boy, i just think it's a, i think there's such a comfort in it for people i can try this out and there's not going to be a consequence and I think that's what the metaverse stuff is. I think virtual reality is that. But that's, gosh, I mean, in a lot of ways, that's what binging a TV show is. Yeah, exactly. Like, like I've, I've been thinking more about just how I choose to spend. Okay, so Abel is um, out of the crib. Yeah. He's got a big, big boy bed now, but that means he just comes out. And so we're like, we literally have to put a child lock on the door because he'll just never go to bed again. So we're trying this new thing where it's like the light turns a certain color. At, and at that time, that means you can come out of bed and come downstairs, you know, in the morning. And that's been working cool. All that to say, we have about, you know, depending on the night, an hour. Yeah. And on a great night, three hours of actual free time, you know. And I'm like, we're watching this show again. Like, we're doing it again, mm, man. Yeah. And this comfort is that I find in the show is is really more just starting to disturb me. Yeah. What I am choosing to exchange for that comfort, mm-hmm. which is like anything new. Yeah. Or a conversation or yeah. practicing something or whatever. Yeah. You know? It's part of why I made the shift over the last two years really significantly to mostly just watching movies. <laughs> right, right. Totally. Like, because I feel what you're saying. Like, I totally understand. Oh, we're, oh, we're watching The Office again. And for like, me, I'm like, I'm killing myself oh, slowly. Oh, 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 I'm watching The West Wing again or whatever it is. And and so now it's it's shifted. And I don't rewatch a lot of movies. I try to watch stuff that I haven't seen before. Right, and, right. We're and, not big rewatchers. And I don't know, like, this, uh, you know, the same thing, but I'm, you know, different enough that I'm comfortable, Right. We talked about, I mean, I think there's value in art and movies and, and, and considering and thinking and talking about these things. So I, I don't think it's valueless. But what I've noticed is I actually consume less because I'm, I'm mostly just watching movies. Right. I, it's, it's actually fewer hours spent doing it because oh my, my the decision about it is a lot more thoughtful. Well, and then you take out even movies or TV and you look at a phone. Mm, oh my gosh. And you're like, I, I just keep getting terrified of... The, the lifespan that I just pour out yeah. into this little thing. Yeah. You know, it's like, you, here's a jar of your life, and you're like, here you go. I'll just dump half of it right in there and <laughs> not think twice about it. Oh, gosh, that's chilling. <laughs> I know. But I know. that Like, there's so much surrounding the rehearsal for me that I can't quite put my thumb on yeah. why I think it's one of the funniest slash most important pieces of television slash yeah i don't even know what to call it in the past however many years but also like i really get disturbed by it oh yeah well okay and that's that that's the other thing with with the show is that i don't realize until the last couple episodes that nathan's probably actually interested in something besides comedy yeah because like he's so in his character always yeah like to the point where there's appearances on jimmy kimmel 
that yeah. we know have been in the making for you yes. know yeah months and months like even when you think oh he's invited on a talk show to talk about nathan for you it's like yeah. even that is part of his show like yeah. that's how many layers of meta yeah where it's like so that's his his commitment to never breaking character so i assume a guy like that you know is just interested in the entertainment and comedy the like purest comedy that he's pulling out of these people in these rehearsals but it's like oh no he's he's on to something yeah you know I, like a lot more thoughtful than i was anticipating i want to i want to explore two things i want to make sure to talk about two things from the show first we'll talk about the last episode in a bit because i think that oh. touches on it right um, yeah. But the the episode where he then is trying to confront Angela about how they're going to raise their fake child and what religion. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. And so he then uh, recreates the farmhouse in his warehouse so that he can rehearse conversations with Angela, which is... About the, her rehearsal. Which, yes. It, well, and it's become his rehearsal because now he's raising a child, too. Right. And he has an actress come in, who's a Fielder Method actress, come in and be... And crushed fake the Angela, Angela role. And it's amazing. It, this woman is an, an extraordinarily talented actress because she understands Angela so well. <laughs> but it's not just that she understands Angela. She gets Nathan so well because she says she says oh am i the joke you do this thing where you just point the camera at people and it's a wink and a nod and that's the funny thing you point and that's and you tell people that i'm funny i'm worried that you are telling people that i'm funny but this is my life right it's me paraphrasing this right for sure angela does not understand what nathan's comedy is Okay. Right. Right. Real, real like Angela. She, she's not on fake Angela's level no. of awareness. Fake, yeah. fake Angela's level of understanding of of how Nathan's <laughs> approach to comedy is. About. But then fake Nathan <laughs> comes in. See, I mean, it is it is a thing to behold. It was one of my favorite. It, that to me, that was one of the most astonishing few minutes of the whole series. Was in this when she like, says, "You don't know how to feel." Yeah. Yes. You know? Yes. Because then, of course, it's about him. And, and, and that in a lot of ways is what he's interested in, right? Even right. in the episode with Core, with the first episode, which is a more traditional rehearsal, you know, he and Core, they're going to go into a pool, right? They're going to go swimming they're together. In a, they're in a pool. And they're, they're having a, a, a friend hangout day yeah. to get to know each other better. And Nathan specifically says, I didn't want, to, I, I, I was afraid about things getting too personal and you know his his Nathan Fielder's divorce is brought up, and at that moment, an old man swims through the pool and interrupts them. And Nathan, the camera zooms in on him on it and says, "I planned this. As I paid a, an actor. I, I paid an actor to do this." And part Would of you me think is like, at first is just like this hilarious moment, like, "What is this guy I, doing here?" I know, I know. Yeah, I, yeah. It's funny. Well, it's funny when the guy swims through the pool, and then it's funny when Nathan says it's an actor. And then my next thought a couple episodes later I was like "Hmm, I wonder if it was an actor or if that was the footage that Nathan got and it worked in the context Mm. of the story he was saying to put that into the voiceover right (laughs) and you have no idea and I just don't know how many ways he's messing with you I know it's incredible Um, so I just I wanted to bring that up because I think fake Angela's really incisive argument with him is just a real key to understanding the show right and and that moment is especially funny 
Is, so it's not all yeah. he's interested. No, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 And he yeah, and he's willing to show that, right? That's what I find is really interesting. Yeah. It's an indictment against him. Right. And he puts that in the show. And then of course there's the last episode, which I think was very, very divisive among fans and critics. Right. Some people really hated it. And I don't know, do you want to set it up? All these child actors that are playing the same character for Angela and Nathan's suppose a child named adam and it's i don't know there's like 30 of them because yeah. they go through however many ages and, and they, again, they swap they out work. every four hours yeah because child labor laws they can only work four hours at a time but through that nathan becomes especially connected with one child actor and the child actor is very connected to nathan and we find out that that kid doesn't actually have a dad and so for this kid getting to do kind of his own rehearsal of being in this family that has a dad uh, and views Nathan as his dad because he's he's around what four, three or four. Yeah, he's yeah, like so four he or doesn't. Five, yeah. So he's you know the, the premise is confusing enough to us as viewers. Like this kid has no idea what's going on. Yeah, with the idea of a rehearsal or even probably like acting in a television show. Yeah. Um, so he comes to associate Nathan as his dad, who he gets to go see however many hours a day. You know, yeah, and have and play with him and like Nathan is in his own rehearsal of being a dad. They, these lines become blurred. You know, a kid's perception of reality in in the last episode, and when the show ends, when the rehearsal ends, Angela leaves. Nathan is having to somehow explain to this kid. Well, it's, a, it's his, I think I think at that point it's a birthday party because the kid is aged up and they've swapped out the actors, and Nathan is now doing the rehearsal on his own without Angela. Right. And the young actor who's now finished his last day and won't be returning is really upset, really sad about leaving right. his his fake dad, Nathan. And Nathan has a conversation with his mom, and the mom says, ah, I think it's been hard on him because he doesn't have a dad. I'm a single mother. And it's one of these things where it's like, man, I wonder if, I mean, I wonder if Nathan knew that. And, right. And, and so then, and then that's the thing that he pursues. That's the thing that he you know, really seeks to interrogate about himself and about the process and about the show or whatever. And the way that, the way that at least what we see then is Nathan goes to this family's house, you know, the kids keeps calling him daddy. They have to sit him down and I'm Nathan. And then he's, you know, concerned that he's really hurt this kid or messed him up. So now he wants to rehearse like how can he, what he could have done, could have done to approach it better so then and he goes through a bunch of different rehearsals right the older kid who's now playing the next stage of this kid he has him play the younger okay, version okay. the older okay a kid actor who yeah. was playing older adam for angela's rehearsal is now playing younger adam uh-huh. for angela's rehearsal but not angela as rehearsal. A, as as a as the real kid not the actor for, and he's fake with a fake mom yeah. for Nathan to interact with. Yes, it's amazing. And then and then Nathan is worried maybe we shouldn't use kids at all, so there's a very funny sequence in which a grown man is playing the child and, and then is, like, vaping outside. He's like, for some reason, I couldn't uh, yeah, connect couldn't to connect, the reality. Connect. He tries it with a mannequin, right? And, and there's, like, funny stuff in there, but at the heart of it, there's a kid who's confused, and... Yeah. I think and probably a lot of kids. Uh, yeah, sure. Because this is the one actor that he you know follows up the story with. But yeah. Imagine being a two year old and you're like, all right, 
call him daddy and call her mommy. Yeah. You know, it's like, and that was another layer to this. I'm like, uh, these parents, I was like, I could have never imagined agreeing to this with Abel. I you know. know. I mean, no judgment, but I just, the idea of it is so out there. And part of me thinks there's a gentle critique of that kind of child acting, right? Even as he, right. even as he has been a beneficiary of it because he's employed child actors, there is a gentle critique there of like, you know, they signed the release. Like, like people are very upset about what Nathan did. And I'm like, I don't know what there is to be upset about. Like, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm totally on Nathan's side <clears throat> in all of this. I mean, people point out like he's, like that New Yorker article about him being a manipulative monster. It's like, oh my gosh. I, I can't hear a word of that without, like, where are these articles about basically every single reality TV show yeah. ever? Yes. That, you know, like, obviously conjure up conflict out of nowhere or, like, tell people to say certain things or, you know, whatever it is. It's like well, none of these reality shows are real. Well, and to say that those aren't being manipulated by the TV producers... Of course. Versus what Nathan's doing, which is mainly letting people be people. We've, we've been watching Big Brother, and um, there was a really dramatic episode that happened last night because there's mm-hmm. this guy this season. So CBS has really overhauled the way they cast their reality competition programs, like Survivor, Big Brother, um, to, to be more diverse. Because what often would happen, there'd be a couple of people of color, and then they'd be targeted early on. Right. One gay guy, one black guy. Yeah, yeah. So now they have an initiative where it's 50% has to be people of color and 50% of their casts. And so yeah. last season was the first season where that, and it was six, it went really well. Six African-Americans got together. They formed an alliance. Oh, they formed an alliance. They formed an alliance <laughs> with the... <laughs> I don't know why this is... <laughs> they formed an alliance <laughs> with the purpose... That one of them would And then win. old Whitey's formed an alliance, <laughs> no, 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 no. Let me finish. Let me finish. Okay, let me finish. What is Big Brother doing? <laughs> so these six African-Americans formed an alliance with the purpose that they were going to... One of the six of them would become the first black winner of Big Brother in 23 seasons. And that's like Whoa. an insane thing that in 23 seasons, they've never had a black winner. And and the, and, and they were successful in that. It was one of the most successful alli- alliances in Big Brother history. All, all six of them basically all six of them made it to the end they never had to cut anyone early they made it to the end wow. as the six of them and so now this season there are contestants there's this one uh, white guy who's 29 who has been saying quietly to the other white people I'm worried about another all black alliance <laughs> what are they doing I don't know. What is Big Brother doing? <laughs> Start mini race wars. <laughs> you psychos. No, but they're not doing it. They're not telling them what to do. God. You know, there was a season of Survivor like 15 years ago that had four starting tribes. Um, a all-black tribe, an all-white tribe, an all-Hispanic tribe, and an all-Asian <laughs> tribe. So, you know. How many white supremacists have these shows created? <laughs> this this white guy, he's worried about another all-black alliance, and he's been quietly saying that for, for weeks to some of the other white contestants. He's been quietly <laughs> and here's what happened. anonymous Facebook posts. And, and here's what happened. 
they didn't include any of that in the show, but we know about it because they have these 24-hour live feeds. <laughs> okay. But the, on the... Were we talking about last week with no the spectacle? Yes, yes. But on the three... Because Big Brother airs three times a week, but in the aired episodes, they didn't include any of this until this week, two of the contestants shared this information with the black contestants because it benefited them so they could get him out. Now, all of a sudden, it's become part of the storyline and the editors have to include it, but they also are picking and choosing what it is that they want to communicate. Oh my I, God. When, when these shows, yeah. And, Big Brother Survivor, you're like- And none of it's real, of, like, right? Out of the 24 hours a day conversations and they're cutting it down to a half hour or whatever, it's like, oh. Oh, I'm yeah. No, I'm getting the full reality story. Uh, exactly, here. exactly. Yeah, and that I, that I think is what's at play with a show like the rehearsal, right? Because at the end of the day, Nathan is a is a guy who takes very seriously, obviously, labor laws. You know, his role as an executive producer of the show, as the director of the show, he takes right. all of that extremely seriously. So he's not doing anything that is going against any union laws, any any kind of best practices in 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 right. in this, right? He and I don't I, I mean he he's he's sharing about it on the show. Yeah, yes. I mean in that episode in particular, he talks about he hosts a birthday party for the the fake son, but nobody's allowed to talk because they're all extras and extras aren't allowed to have lines. <laughs> <laughs> without having to pay them and it was going to cost him $50,000 or whatever it was if they all talked. And and so he, you know, he's very careful about it and some, you know, some people would say that he takes advantage of that to then create a show, but that's that's what it is and it's an interrogation that's of, a, to to that's me. It's like saying a, a good writer taking advantage of words or making yeah, a good story. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and, and, and like these are the tools available to him. And to me, to it's entertaining. To me, if this is if this is a, a an indictment of you know child acting and some of that stuff, then then it's the best version of that, right? It's a guy right. that really I think about like those really exploitive reality shows like on Discovery Channel and TLC from the the last twenty years, oh, yeah. you know, like Cheer Moms or you know the the toddlers and tiaras, right? <laughs> Thousand pound triplets okay i'm talking more about the like the showbiz mom ones. okay but those shows, <laughs> those shows. <laughs> oh my gosh um thinking about like toddlers and tiaras the showbiz mom stuff we're like you know maybe at the beginning some producer is saying like let's let this be an interrogation of what we do to our kids but ultimately they're giving these things platforms and they're just encouraging the behavior Right, like it's so terrible, and now selling sunset. Yeah, and 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 it's it's gross. Where this is, this guy I think who like genuinely is concerned about what he's done, and right. wants to reckon with that and rectify it and and kind of bring a resolution to this. And the thing is, as the kid's like four or five years old, he's gonna be fine. Like kids are kids are resilient. Well, and he's honest enough to show, like, in that last episode, he's talking to the kid as the kid's mom. <laughs> like, Yeah, yeah. Okay, Nathan is rehearsing yeah. as the real four-year-old actor's mom, so he's playing the mom, talking to an, a different child actor who is playing the four-year-old, but it's an older child actor. They're having a very emotional, actually emotional moment. Yeah. And Nathan is saying, yeah, maybe... 
like almost tearfully, maybe putting kids through this experiment isn't a good idea. Yeah. You know, maybe this silly show isn't good for people, you know? Yeah. And it's like, at least he's being honest about, yeah, maybe there's some pitfalls in what he's doing here. And he's presenting that to us. Yes. And seeing what we want to do with it versus every other show in existence. And at the end of the day... Like, you think The Bachelor is being like, hey, do you think this is a good idea for us to get, like, 40 women in a house and, like, pit them against each other? I I can't believe that show's still on. (laughs) I love it. The same people that are mad at this are like, yeah, what? What's wrong with those shows? Yes. Uh, And at the same time, every single scene with the child actor could have been completely staged. Sure. Every scene could have been, okay, now we're going to pretend that you think I'm your dad. There is a theory of that because the Twitter rumblings of uh-huh. frustration were so early on in the show that people were like, he's like steering into it as the show got. Oh, yeah. But I, I, I don't, I don't think yeah. that's a thing. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm watching the episode I, I have on the TV now. It's the Fielder Method where he's going to stay at the other actor's apartment because he wants to know what it's like to live as this other actor <laughs> right His and he tells the real life guy just give me your keys i know and the guy's like okay i know and he's in this guy's apartment and it's full filled with like giant plushies and it's kind of weird and it's like is that really his apartment or is this an apartment that they put together is it that's a set, funny right? how um like skeptical you are because I, I i really wasn't asking that that often when i was watching it uh, you know what as i was watching it i didn't ask any of these questions i took everything as at face value as i was watching it but in hindsight but in hindsight i'm like I, and i'm fine either way it doesn't bother me at all because i think because i think this is what's great and this is what the difference between the rehearsal and like other reality tv or what other yeah. reality tv sets out to do or I think the premise behind a lot of reality TV is we are just going to document real people in their lives, right? Right. And the thing is that by existing with a camera crew, they're altering what reality is. People right. behave right. differently. And, and, and that itself is its, its own form of exploitation. But, right. But Nathan is really interested in making an artistic statement with this show. I think that was always the intent. I I think that's always the intent and real questions about spectacle, about, about the way, you know, you talked about why would I waste my time with a rehearsal because I need to live my life. You know, I think he's interested in all of these things and he uses the trappings of a reality show then to explore it. And which is what he did on the best episodes of Nathan for you. Right. He he's done the rehearsal before. Yes. Beneath for you. Yes. Yeah. Or he's done rehearsals before. Yes. Oh yeah, it was always and, and it he often did them in Nathan for You. Yeah. He, somebody pointed out that he did he did a rehearsal on the very first episode of Nathan for You, which is the pizza, the mini pizzas. If if your uh, yeah. if your delivery is not in twenty minutes, then you get a free pizza, and it's this tiny micro pizza. And so he has the pizza delivery guys rehearse with him what they would do if a customer got angry. Yeah, he does it all over that. Show. He does it all over, and so he is to me. What I see Nathan's genius is he understands what's really funny and he knows where to put a camera and get yeah. a laugh. But he also is so effective at using a medium like reality TV 
to make a mm-hmm. statement. It's brilliant. I, I love him so much. It's so unique, the type of things he's putting out in the world. Like, I, I have it on the background, too, and I'm remembering he, like, made it Christmas in, like, I don't know, oh, yeah. July or something. Yeah. Like, fake. he brought in fake snow yeah. because, you know, it's a time-lapsed version of raising children, so there's going to be seasons. And I'm like, imagine going to HBO. Oh, I know. You're like, now, now, bear with me. I know. Like, I'm just so shocked that this experiment happened, and I get to watch it. The thing about the budget to it probably still is a 20th of the cost of a season of game of thrones or whatever the dragon show is they have yeah now. that's probably true like you know i feel like i've seen more people talking about this than some of their other shows oh yeah well and that's what i th- find really interesting because it is this quote-unquote reality show we have a much more intimate connection with like the cost of these things when nathan says i rented another apartment <laughs> or right. i got out more warehouse space and it's like oh my gosh you know i'm thinking like reality boy this is a lot of money but then you you go and you watch some drama and you right. you don't know where the money went. But strange things. It's like yeah, a yeah. billion dollars per episode or something. Yeah, because you can't see it on screen. And yeah. in the same way, and there's such a disconnect. And and so I find that even that's really interesting. In the rehearsals, he just has brings his parents out to a farm to eat salads on the lawn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's great. Any final thoughts? We love the rehearsal. It's it's one of the most interesting, unique things that I'll watch this year. No cap. Yeah, no cap, as the kids say. And no segments. No segments. We're thinking movie season's going to be picking up here in a, in a bit. We're approaching some exciting know, I'm stuff. I'm looking forward to it. So we'll get back to our regularly scheduled program here. But, but we're still here. We're not dead. When something like the rehearsal comes along, you can't not talk about That's it. That's right. That's all I got. Follow us on Instagram. Oh, you know what? I, I got to think. If you're still listening this far into the podcast, one of my favorite kinds of episodes that we've done over the last couple since we started is the, like, our 90-minute or less movies right. uh, or our Christmas movies. So Just some themed episodes. Themed episode. If you got some theme suggestions for us, send it our way. We'd love to do that. That would be some fun uh, for us. And those episodes are a lot of fun to put together. Until we find out what movie we're doing next week, follow us on Instagram at Movies While I Sleep. Leave us a rating and review at Apple Podcasts and help get the show heard by more people. Good night, y'all. Bye. Oh, hell nah.